Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. My name is Jeanette Abney, and I first want to thank my Heavenly Father for blessing me today and this morning. I also want to thank my loyal listeners that have been following me on either Facebook Live or on Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter as it relates to Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. I also want to say um, the other day I put it out there that you can also find the shows on iHeartRadio and also on other forums or platforms as it relates to podcasts. So all you have to do is look for Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio on a podcast. So without further ado, I want to talk about today's show. Today's topic is entitled Moving Forward. When we talk about moving forward, it can mean a lot of different things to different people. And I was laughing before I came on because I always run into technical difficulties. My whole little episode thing just shriveled up so I can't see what it says. But today's show is designed to discuss what many individuals may experience when trying to move forward or if they need to move forward. Now, many individuals are experiencing difficulties making decisions as to what to do with their life or what to do within a relationship. One may also feel that they are being forced to transition or move forward. It could be due to a loss of any kind, meaning a death of someone or a loss of activity of what they normally used to do. Like my grandson and I was racing the other day, and um, I realized I can't run as fast as I used to, but I still did my best. When we also talk about being forced and you have to transition due to a loss, it can also be because of a loss of a relationship or a loss of employment. Now, with any type of transition, moving forward can be very, very complicated. However, it may not be easy, but it may be necessary. And one must also ask themselves, questions such as, is it necessary as they may feel comfortable despite their situation? So if you want to join in on a conversation, because I'm not going to be holding this phone long on Facebook Live because it's hurting my arm, but if you want to join in on a conversation and hear what myself, Jeanette Abney, a licensed marriage and family therapist, have to say, as well as some of the guests that may be calling in, give me a call at 516-387-387. One nine one four, because I do want to hear your thoughts, because we've been looking at it from a lot of different angles. We've been looking at it in regards to the election, in regards to the president, where he needs to move on, keep it pushing, and he may not want to. We are looking at it in regards to 2020. We want 2020 to some of us to be over with so we can move on and keep it pushing. Give me a call at 516-387-387. One nine one four. Hi, Onita. I see you on Facebook. Give me a call. I want to talk to you, too, about moving forward. Because when we start talking about moving forward, a lot of times individuals have difficulties in taking personal responsibility as well as not only taking personal responsibility, but sometimes we want to delay it because of fear. We don't know what's going to be on the other side. So, therefore, we get used to just being where we are, and because we don't want to move out of our comfort zone, but we have to learn to accept some things. And the problem is sometimes blaming others, blaming ourselves, it seems very easy, but we have to learn how to trust ourselves as well as learning how to trust others. So I want to hear your thoughts. Again, give me a call, 516-387-1914. So I'm going on Facebook Live, calling on the show. Click on the link if you want to hear the remaining of the show. Thank you. Now, I just went off of Facebook Live because I want to share and I want to talk about this information. Now, many of you know that I, Jeanette Abney, I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. And being a therapist, I run into a lot of different situations, scenarios, where a lot of times individuals may find it very complicated as it relates to some of the things they may be going through and going through in life. And like I said, and I'm not saying something, I heard a person say one time, the struggle is real. And if the struggle is real, I kind of didn't take it for granted, but it kind of brought some things to my attention when we start talking about the struggle, meaning what is this struggle about? 
Or what is it that, you know, because a lot of times people go through a lot of different life transitions that sometimes my mother used to say, been there, done that, got my T-shirt. However, a lot of individuals have no idea as to what life can even have for them, offer them, or, and sometimes people can just be in their own way when it comes to moving forward. So prior to putting this show together, I first talked about, I thought about personal responsibility. No one can make you move if you don't want to move, but you have a personal responsibility to do certain things in life. And when we start talking about the transition, what is that about? How do we get to acceptance? What are some of our delays? In regards to the chaos, are we just used to being messy or living in these situations? Do our egos get in the way? Is it our own self-interest or the interest of another? What about the disappointment, the trauma, people being stuck in their pain? Some individuals, like I said, are comfortable. They can be lost. They don't know which way to go or what should I do. Finding that motivation, determination, self-blaming behaviors, which is huge. The avoidance that some individual experience with having to transition, the mindset they have, and how do one even go about making that smooth transition? Those are some of the things that popped in my head as I was trying to put the show together in regards to moving forward. And then I thought about with moving forward, is it in a relationship? We got to ask ourselves the questions before we move forward. Is it a long-term friendship? A lot of times individuals have been friends with individuals only to find out that they were friends with someone that perhaps wasn't friendly to them or didn't know how to be a friend. It could be employment, meaning I've been in this position for so long, should I retire? When we talk about COVID, a lot of individuals are having to live a lifestyle different from the way that they were used to living. And some individuals have went into early retirement because they don't want to be exposed to COVID or the job that they were doing perhaps may have either shut down, went away, or whatever the case may be. I know even as a therapist, I'm doing things differently from what I used to be doing because I remember I was running up and down the road seven days a week, five offices. Now I'm sitting at home. So I had to learn how to move forward, push forward, And then you think about the motivation determination. So, and we know that sometimes also, how do you move forward after you've been hurt? Now, that right there is deep because a lot of times individuals are experiencing pain and they get so stuck because they could still be experiencing the shock or the disbelief of what it is that they're going through. Now, You guys know out there, I don't like just talking to myself. So hopefully you can hear me. If you can't hear me, give me a call. Let me know. Text me if you know my personal phone number, just to let me know that you can't hear what I'm saying. But if you want to call in on the show, give me a call at 516-387-1914 because I do want to hear your thoughts. Now, I know my internet is moving kind of slow, so some of the stuff I should have sent out earlier and I didn't get a chance to, especially with my LinkedIn friends, I need to put it out there so that they know that I'm on the air because I do want to hear from some of my LinkedIn friends because many of them are professionals, they're therapists and psychologists, and they're in the field themselves because I want to know what are some of the things that they do to help some of their clients perhaps move forward when they're stuck in a relationship. Now, I started off, and I want to start there because of time. I'm looking at some information, and an individual by the name of Danny Lee Collins, she wrote something, an article, and the article kind of talks about nine questions to ask yourself before moving forward, even in a relationship. Because the relationship one is where a lot of individuals struggle. You know, it's kind of like the song, is she, is she ain't my baby, you know? 
And one of the things that when we're talking about a relationship, a lot of times individuals get stuck in the what they feel that the reality or is it a fantasy or what's going on? And especially if it's a failed marriage or if it's a relationship where they, I mean, I've heard people say, well, we were together for three months. I'm like, three months? You don't even know that person. Or we've been married for 20 years and I've outgrown the relationship. And sometimes these things happen. And a lot of times, like I said, individuals get comfortable with one another and they don't want to leave the relationship, and it could be an illusion that they're having. So as I'm going through this article, and I'm looking at some of the um, information that this individual wrote, and the one thing you don't want to do when you're talking about moving forward in a relationship, individuals get caught up in the blame game. And part of the blame game, they either want to blame the other person for how they feel, or they engage in self-blame by blaming themselves, meaning why did I do what I did? I shouldn't have let this happen, you know. But blaming yourself or blaming another is not going to get you nowhere. We have to accept some things. Some things may be hard to admit, but we have to realize we play a role. And that's where when I was talking about personal responsibility, we have a responsibility for ourselves as well as responsibilities for others. Now, as I was looking at this article, and I'm looking at it, and it talks about dating with intention. A lot of times when we get into the relationships, when you have to move forward, we feel that if we would have been stronger, if we had a sense of self, if we would have felt value, we wouldn't have been in that, with that person in the first place. Sometimes that's not always the case because some individuals can be great manipulators or some individuals can be very cunning, very charming. It may be the person that you thought that you wanted to be with, later to find out the person is not who they said they were. But I look at it as an investment. And a relationship is should be a worthwhile investment, but sometimes it may not go that way. So some of the questions they ask, are we friends? Meaning, why I keep thinking that throwing a lot of my complete strangers and all this other stuff, can me and this person be friends? Meaning, should I move forward? Number two, Am I undeniably attracted to them? A lot of times individuals don't want to move forward because they have this strong attraction as bond and their relationship, they don't want to let that stuff go, which is another thing. Another one, do I genuinely enjoy their company? A lot of times we don't want to move forward because we may genuinely enjoy the other person's company. Number four, our lifestyles, are complementary, meaning sometimes individuals engage in like-minded people with like-minded people, meaning they may be compatible in some areas, but yet they're not compatible in others. So they may have developed the lifestyle that they developed. It's now turned into a habit, and they don't want to leave that person alone because they don't want to change their lifestyle. Are our goals compatible, meaning to decide if you should move forward? Do you guys have compatible goals? That is also very, very important. And number six, why do I want to be with them? A lot of times when we talk about moving forward in a relationship, we have to ask ourselves the question, do we genuinely care about the person? Are we invested in their happiness and well-being? Or are we hoping to get something else out of it? Because ulterior motives can include financial support or increased social capital. You might be afraid that you'll never find someone else that is as good as, this is as good as you get, you might as well settle. But no matter what, you got to remember, you got to realize sometimes you are priceless and you deserve better. But the thing is, or you deserve to be happy. So that's another question that that, um, the person indicated in this article. The seventh one is communication open and easy. Sometimes people have to move forward in a relationship because they just can't communicate with one another. Is the person easy to talk to and consistent with their communication? Are they willing to initiate a conversation? Do they enjoy sharing details of their life with you? Or do you have to fight for the smallest scraps of information? Do you enjoy sharing details of your life with them? If you don't have meaningful discussions on a consistent basis, then what's the point? That right there is deep because as a therapist, 
with moving forward, one of the biggest issues people have is communicating with one another. And the eighth one that the person indicates, do they make time for the two to be together or are they genuinely inaccessible? Meaning, sometimes you got to move forward because if a person want to be with you, they going to make time for you. If they genuinely make themselves unaccessible or inaccessible, that means you may just need to move on. Meaning if a person wants to be in your life, they'll be there. It's really as simple as that. If they're unreachable or supply excuses after excuses as to why they can't spend time with you, then you should acknowledge that what they're really saying is sometimes they just don't want to be there with you. And number nine in this article that I find to be interesting, do the two inspire one another? And I'm thinking about that. Why would I want to be with a person that's not inspiring me, encouraging me, helping to empower me, then I may need to move forward. Or they may need to move forward if I'm not capable of doing the same thing. The best relationships inspire each other from day to day to examine our choices, learn from our mistakes, pursue our goals, and grow as people. Now, someone is called in. Thank you, because I'm tired of talking to myself. Let me log this person on. Good afternoon. This is Jeanette. Welcome to Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, ma'am. How about yourself? I'm doing well. Thank you for calling in because I don't like talking to myself, but I had to keep the pushing as far as moving forward. Now, when we talk about moving forward with this topic, what would you like to add to the show or do you have any questions as it relates to this topic? Well, ma'am, first I'd like to ask, uh, you have a very particular accent. I just wanted to know where you were from. (laughs) <laughs> you want to know what? I am from California. I was born and raised in the city of Compton, but my what? yes, I will. But my uh, <laughs> it's funny. But my parents, my mother actually was born in Louisiana, and my father, I believe, is from Alabama. All right, so that, that's a very no. I, I didn't know. I, I didn't know because I, I I lived up in Illinois for a long time. I was like. I can't determine on what side of the line that was between Louisiana and Alabama. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. No problem. You know, a lot of people ask me that question. They, I guess I have some old um, country ways and the accent. People tell me, you're not from California. Uh, I've been in California all my life. So, yes. Yeah. Hold oh, on. Oh, for my, for my, okay, here's the fun part. Can you guess from my accent where I'm from? You know what? It's kind of hard because I can hear Oklahoma sound like Texas. It sounds Alabama. It sounds Southern. Yeah, no, Southern was no. That's a that's a legitimate response to that. Uh, can you imagine where I was born? I have no idea. I I, I only say this to have fun with people. I'm not saying you're gonna guess it. <laughs> okay. You like me when I used to like going to Magic Mountain and step on the scale because I always knew I weighed more than what I what I looked like. So that was my if I wanted a stuffed animal, that was the only it was two games I go to. So shooting the water gun because I know I can shoot and I can race the water all the way up to the top and I'm winning. Or if I step on the scale because I know you not go guess my weight. <laughs> Those were the two. So that's the kind of thing you. Yep, me that's at. a game. That's the entire game, especially if you walk in knowing you're gonna win. Oh yeah. Yep. <laughs> I walk in knowing I'm going to win. Now, when we talk about moving forward, what made you call in on the show? Well, I saw this, and I actually I think that there are probably I, I'm not going to name a number because there are so many different things that could actually make uh, people have a better life at all times, and I, uh-huh. I think I think that we're we're really messing that up in America right now. Mm-hmm. Well, and for a lot of different reasons. And and I wanted to get into that because when we talk about moving forward, a lot of times individuals are afraid to move forward. They can get so used to where they're at and it's their comfort zone. And, you know, and it's a learned, it's kind of learned, you know, I'm yeah, looking at some information absolutely. right here and it talks about eight proven tips for moving forward in life. And do you feel that something is holding you back from moving forward in life, but you don't know what it is? A lot of individuals are not alone because anybody can get stuck in a rut at some point in their life. Even the most successful people in the world 
can feel unmotivated and confused from time to time. Now, when we know, okay. when we talk about that, even it's, it's even growing up, we got to transition. You know, you're not going to be in elementary school forever. You transition to middle school, then you transition to high school, then you transition to, if you want to go to college or a trade school, then you get married, then you may stay with a person, and then you find out this person I shouldn't even have spoke to. You know, we're going to go through transitions whether we want to or not. Our body's going to go through transitions. Our mind is going to go through transitions. But a lot of times we don't know what to do. And we also, in some individuals, we go into this place of doubt and frustration. And some people just want to give up. But the worst thing you can do is sit on the sidelines. Sometimes we always yes, say we got to keep pushing. You know, they used to always say, if life throws you some lemons, you make you some lemonade. So you ask for some sugar. <laughs> now you need now yeah at this point life gives you lemon you need to learn how to run a a, a generator off of it. <laughs> Man, you bet you, you like know that what? potato you that potato thing. I'm sorry, I'm a little bit Irish. <laughs> no problem, no problem. You got to make it happen. But the thing is, what it feels like if you're moving forward in life. A lot of times it's going to feel uncomfortable. People talk about I I posted something yesterday on my Facebook page because my pastor' birthday was the other day and he had a cake. And I had been wanting me a cake so bad. And he had made a comment about the cake, but then I had some soul food. And he was talking about how I was going to eat all the food and go to sleep. And I knew I wasn't going to eat all that food. But the problem was, I told him, I was like, okay, I'll go exercise one day. You know, so when we talk about moving forward, we got a bad habit. Did you exercise? One foot forward. Hmm? Did you exercise? Did I what? Heck Did no. I stood there for a little while. I <laughs> I, I rolled my arms around. I kind of walked in place. I you did some up, arm circles. You might have done a sit-up or two. <laughs> you didn't you get into what? it, did I, you? I did. I sat up in the bed. I sat up and got up and went to the bathroom. So that's exercise. <laughs> so when we start talking about these things, we do have to get motivated. But even when we move forward, we have to decide better ways to make better decisions and healthier decisions. Well, well here, here's my here's my aspect of it that amazes me every time because I've been to different countries doing a bunch of different things. Like I was uh, I was with Triple Canopy. I went over to Africa to help uh, a caravan take uh, people that were in harm's way from one country through another country into another country, and that was a terrible thing. Everything about that is sad. Here's the thing that I come back to America without understanding when I've been in Africa in like five different countries. When I come back to America, it's very simple. You will always see some person working as a clerk at a gas station. You'll always see somebody serving you a sandwich at Subway. Those mm-hmm. people are not restricted to bettering their lives at all. All they have to do – yeah, I'm not saying they have to go be a crazy college you – know, you don't have to go get a doctorate. If you go to the local library, read a book, have a better understanding, find a better way to uh, express your opinions, and you can actually find a better way to express yourself vocally in an interview, you'll find that you will actually get the job more often. This is the stuff that I that I came back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry, ma'am. Go ahead. I'm not about to, no, I'm listening to what you said. I got a bad habit of I'm just breathing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big girl. I breathe heavy. <laughs> But I hear what you're saying, but you know, this is what I was thinking. When you walk into that subway, be mindful. Be careful with how you treat people because that person that's serving you the sub sandwich may be the owner of the subway franchise. So we may walk in there thinking, oh, this is just a regular old person. And we think we can talk to people any kind of way we want. We can't. We got to learn how to respect individuals. That's one of the things yes, that's moving forward. You know, what popped in my well, head. Well, like, well, you know, you know what? I, I actually got to. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt. I'm sorry to interrupt. I love this. I love this. Uh, you're very. Oh, that's very positive. Uh, I got this from a clinical psychologist from Canada, uh, Dr. Jordan B. Peterson. He said that uh, nobody is normal, so everyone you interact with is a different person, and mm-hmm. if you're going to disrespect the people who serve you then that's actually a sign of like sociopathy. Mm-hmm. You need to treat mm-hmm. everyone with respect, especially those who serve you. People who are mm-hmm. just making a sandwich for you or parking your car if you pull up to an expensive restaurant. Those are people that you need to actually interact with. Those are the people that have perspectives that you might not mm-hmm. understand. Mm-hmm. And 
and and that's and that's the entire thing for me is I know that I'm never going to be special, but that's the beauty of it is that in knowing that apparently I'm special. <laughs> yes. Yes. And the moment the you understand is- that other people can teach you mm-hmm. something, people that you would mm-hmm. never expect anything from, right? And, that, mm-hmm. and that's the saddest part. Mm-hmm. People that you would never expect anything from, those are the people that will treat you, teach you the most humility in your life because they have possibly been through things that you haven't been through. Man, They're going to tell you their like perspective. Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. That's just like you asked me about where I'm from with my accent. I'm sitting in Compton. Compton, California. <laughs> <laughs> People think gangbangers, <laughs> drug dealers. I never been on gang. I never been in a gang. I never been on drugs. I own two corporations, five locations, co-authored books. I'm the executive director, clinical director. I do public speaking. I do radio. I do a lot of stuff. And it's funny because even being a business owner, I've had individuals walk into my company and say, "Can I speak to the manager?" I said, "I am the manager." That's when you pull. That's when you pull out. That's when you. That's when you shake that. That's when you shake that sleeve off your wrist. Look at your watch and be like, "Yeah, I'm the owner." <laughs> you know, and it's just sad, but that's people's perception. Now, I want to get into some information, and it talks about exploring eight behaviors that can be holding people back from moving forward in their life. One of the things that can can stop people from moving forward is expecting things to come easy. Oh, who is telling? Where are you? Where are you getting that from? I'm getting this information from. It's called Project Life Magistry, Mastery. It's called Eight Proven Tips for Improving for Moving Forward in Your Life. Because a lot of times, individuals. I had a, a guy who used to tell me, if it was that easy, everybody would be doing it. You know, oh, easy, you, easy, nothing, nothing, you. nothing that comes easy. I know, but that's that's a life lesson for, especially for Christians. Are you kidding me? The Ooh, Saracens what? made us wear belts. Yeah. <laughs> nothing, Anything, nothing, nothing worth easy, having. Not be worth yes, ma'am. Mhm. So that's the first thing they talk about. These are, like I said, there are eight behaviors that could be holding individuals back, expecting things to come easy. That'd be like me wanting a six pack, knowing good and well, um, I gotta wrap it up, sweat it off, put a little cocoa butter on it, you know. <laughs> Another thing that could be holding people back is living in the past. Many individuals struggle with moving forward because they're so busy living in the past on the if I could have, would have, should have. So sometimes, you know, if you go back and change the past, why bother in continuing to live there? Because you're not going to change it. You can change your perception of it. You can take your path to help you better understand your present, and you have something to look forward to in your future. And also, when you're yes, talking about the past, shame gets us in trouble. Embarrassment gets us in trouble. Disappointment I'm, gets us in trouble. The, the, I, the hold on. Can, I, I, have, I have to intervene there at that point because uh, – <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to hijack your show here. Now, uh, depression comes from uh, obsessing about the past. Anxiety mm-hmm. comes from obsessing about the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to move forward in your life, it's not supposed to be simple. It's easy. The easy layout, the framework is easy. It's not simple. It's very complicated. It's very hard. It will break your heart probably every day if you actually want mm-hmm. to change your life. Mm-hmm. When you go into that arena where you – first, you have to acknowledge – what you were doing wrong, mm-hmm. then you have to acknowledge the mountain you have to climb to make it better. Mm-hmm. Then, and only then, can you understand that you have work to do because you have now created a mountain for you to climb. You have a purpose now. When you are without yep. a purpose, everything is suppressing. Yep. With your, when and you, you, know when you have no purpose, I wish we were sitting in the same room. Then that way I could look at you and we can go back and forth because I can't see you. But you're right, that purpose. A lot of times individuals struggle with moving forward because they don't find the purpose of it. They don't think it's worth it. But you got to drop the path, keep moving forward. If you do, you will be better prepared to take advantage of opportunities when they arise. See, a lot of times we get so stuck in the past, we don't even think about the opportunities that are in front of us. When I became a therapist, I didn't think about the opportunity of be doing radio or owning my own corporation or working with children and family. I didn't, the opportunities, I didn't even know they even existed 
until I was willing to step out on faith, trust myself and my ability, and then I'm able to move forward. Another thing, let's so talk you're about ta- this. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm so, I was just going to ask. You told me that you you took a risk every step of the way to build yourself up and become something that you never expected was even possible for you to become? Yes. Yeah. Do you think you're I at the end, thought, or do you think that yep. you need to take more risk and become something even greater now? <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. And that's the game. That's the entire game. <laughs> I'm going to tell yes, you ma'am. why. I'm going to say yes, because as I'm on the radio with you, my phone is ringing off the hook with with phone calls and messages. I got 30-some thousand emails I got to go through. Some I missed opportunities because I didn't respond to the emails. Other opportunities are coming my way. Doors are opening. Yes, there's a whole lot more that needs to be done. I cannot be fixated where I'm at right now. And another thing that I do and I enjoy doing, I love encouraging other people to help inspire them to go out and buy their own companies, open up their own rehab, to do different things. I like doing that because I've been through it. I went through hell and back and don't even look like I've been burned. So I don't mind. I don't mind. You know, that's I work the with best possible. I work with, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, that's the best possible going through hell and back, which means that you have. It's not saying that you didn't start out in hell. I'm saying that you went through hell mm-hmm. and came back to grace. That mm-hmm. is, when people understand that you have to go through turmoil, you have to actually experience the most uncomfortable stuff to get mm-hmm. to a, a moment. A peace in your life. I, I, that's that's when every that's when you actually understand mm-hmm. that you have succeeded. Now, success is always a teetering game. What mm-hmm. the moment that you come across that, the moment that you actually succeed, now you have to do everything possible to challenge yourself to succeed more. Because if you if you lay stagnant, if you're lazy, when you once you reach that little pinnacle. In your life, mm-hmm. and I've seen this happen so many times. People are like, "Oh yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm a millionaire. That's cute. <laughs> what are you gonna do after? You know, Thank oh, you you're a millionaire. Oh, you." I tell people about this. With there's a difference between rich, being rich, and being wealthy. And um, you know, and and this is what I heard one day, and I heard a person say it. Shaquille yes, O'Neal was rich. The person who wrote who write his checks is wealthy. Big difference. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> when I um I was asked to co-author a book, and it was two of books. One of them was Girl, Get Up and Win, and you can find it on Amazon. And Talisha Ferry was the one that compiled the book. The other book that I co-authored in was um, The Making of a Successful Businesswoman. And I wrote both my chapters in three hours. I waited to the last minute because I procrastinated. But one of the things that I say, and I've said for years, is success is not measured based on how successful you are or it's not based upon your money, how much money you got in the bank account. Because I said, I can go to the bank and Citibank, my bank account could be negative, but my bank tellers treat me like I'm a superstar with negative whatever in my bank account. Success it's is the perception. On, yes. No, that'd be real. I ain't got no money. Success is based yeah. upon how successful you can help other people become. That's what makes me successful. Not that I have all of this stuff going on, but the fact that I have a heart of goal and I'm able to help other people feel successful or help them to achieve in areas where they're stuck. Well, and and I actually I did this in Chicago. I I did this in Chicago. I I went up there. I I actually <laughs> it failed miserably because apparently people don't care about kids in Chicago. But I, I had an entire campaign where I was trying to go up there and I was trying to introduce uh, kids to trade schools and um, lead them on actual academic paths to mm-hmm. uh, do – like if you want to be a journalist, be a journalist, but this is how you do it. And I, I really was focused on the trade schools, and that got shut down after one year. Well, let me, let me tell you something. I need to, I'm going to write your number down because I need to talk to you again. And the reason being, it depends on where you go. Sometimes people don't want individuals to succeed in certain areas. So once you get it going and once you can get it funded, then you can spread the word. And see, there's a lot of ways of getting that done, especially when you start going to impoverished areas. And I don't know where you went in Chicago, but um, there's ways of, you know, I'm sorry, I just, 
all south side, all south side. Okay, that's why. All south side. I don't like. I don't like yeah. being told no. I don't like being told no. I had a pastor. He used to always say, "Delayed does not mean denied." So a lot of times, your failure can also lead to your success. I've had people tell me no when I wanted to be a police officer. They told me I didn't qualify. I went before the Civil Service Commission, and when I got done. They told me, Jeanette, you are qualified. The man told me, Jeanette, you may be qualified, but we don't want to have to hire you. I said, but you can't tell me I'm not qualified. So now I have police officers now with clients. So now I get to get in your head. Now you got to come talk to me. I didn't need to be a cop. So I didn't look at it as rejection. I just found another way to get my foot in the door. So I'm uh, gonna no, all, no, all they did, all they did at that point was cut my funding. All I was trying to do was bring people in just like me, people who just like, hey, Kids, you, you, I, because well, everyone's discouraged these days to go to college, and that kind of ruins a lot of people's perspectives because we live in a culture where everyone's told to go to college. And I'm and like, college hey, uh, young bucks, college, yeah, college is not for most people. <laughs> college is a useless prospect all the time. That's why we have all these kids who have two hundred thousand dollars in college debt. Mm-hmm. It's like it's nonsense. We have we have young kids, and I and I sat there and I told them, I was like, man. I, I talked to 12-year-old boys, little, little mm-hmm. black kids, and I was like, buddy, you could be making 70, 80 grand a year, 90 grand a year, six figures. If you actually work through and get the cert- certificates, that would actually build up your career. If you want to be a plumber, mm-hmm. if you want to be a carpenter, mm-hmm. you, you, mm-hmm. you can actually do all this stuff. No one's stopping you. <laughs> we, have to, we have to acknowledge that stuff. In the, they don't want them yes, to know. They don't want them to know. See, I heard a pastor say one time, you could be a threat when you can make an impact, when you have an influence, or when you have income. See, you came in with something to create change. They didn't want that to happen on the south side of Chicago. They wanted to keep people stuck. I remember when I opened the Center for the Treatment of Addiction, and I'm not a recovering drug addict. And my mother told me, she said, baby, you're fighting a spiritual battle. She said, the system is designed to keep people on drugs. You trying to get people off drugs. They're going to put you out of business. And they tried, but I've been there for 15 years. I'm still the owner of the Center for the Treatment of Addiction. People still come to me when they're dealing with issues of addictions or drug and alcohol use. And, and But I had to learn from the clients how to help the clients. So yep. the thing is, don't give up on that because I like I like your spirit and I like what you're saying and I'm gonna call you back with the number that you just showed up on the panel because I'm ta- yeah, write it down. No, definitely that. call me back. We need that. We definitely need that. Now another thing is, and I want to talk about in regards to what holds people back sometimes is waiting for the perfect moment. A lot of times yeah. individuals wait for the perfect. There's never going to be a perfect moment. I've heard people say, what well, is I'm perfection? Well, no, no, that, that, well, no, break that down to its for, the simplest form. What is perfection? You're never going to see perfection. The perfect no. moment doesn't exist. <laughs> it don't. It don't. It don't. I tell people when I started my company, I borrowed money from my house, put it down on a corporation, I got to save to do this. You're not going to save enough money to do that. That's just an excuse. So we need to be careful with waiting for the perfect moment. And another one is doubting your awesomeness. Sometimes we don't know how awesome we are, how valuable we are. And that's one of the things that can hold us back is self-doubt. Self-doubt. Another one is, and I'm going to let you go back to that, surrounding yourself with energy vampires. Sometimes what stops oh, us from no. forward is we let other people tell us what we can't do. We let other people suck the energy out of us, and then we look up, and somebody else that came up with the same idea we had. But we let our yes, thought away. So what do you have to say in regards to that? In regards to, as we're talking about, some of the things that basically um, hold people back. In life, uh, it, 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 all, it all really comes down to two things, uh, what you want and what other people want for you. And when yeah. it comes to what other people want for you, uh, a lot of people are surrounding themselves with people they call friends that are not friends. <laughs> they want you. They want to keep you in the same exact arena as them because, I, I don't know, is that a self-esteem thing? Is that a psychopathic thing? Who knows? But well, it's a lot the people of, it's that a lot you can actually – <laughs> it's a lot of things because uh-huh. people think, who do you think you are? You ain't no better than nobody else. 
Like I said, I'm sitting in Compton in the same childhood home I grew up in when my mother bought this house in 1968. I'm still sitting in this yes, house. Ma'am. I don't live here, but I'm here right now. All right, and let me so, tell you, you are a lot better than a lot of other people. Thank you. And th- and that's and that's the stuff that makes people uncomfortable is uh, that that and honestly, it comes it actually boils down to this whole. Uh, uh, you're special, but you're not special because everyone's special. No, that's not true. There are some mm-hmm. people that actually work their butts off, grind, they they cry, they bleed, they sweat, and they make sure that their life is comfortable to some extent. Mm-hmm. And then you have people that they surround themselves with, and those are the <laughs> that's actually the vampires you're talking about. <laughs> the people that don't. The people that don't want them to get beyond what they are already, mm-hmm. I think that if you actually care about somebody, you should want them to succeed way beyond what they even think. What yep. they think like, – and, and that's amazing because you have people who think – like uh, me, I'm an agronomist. I have nothing to do with this stuff. I'm not political. I'm not religious. I, I mean I'm a Catholic, but I'm not, I'm not getting into the stuff for work. Mm-hmm. But when I call into these shows, and I love these shows. By the way, Blog Talk Radio, shout out. You guys actually made a platform where people could have a conversation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, when, and when I deal with this stuff, I end up going and I talk to these kids. And these kids, their minds are completely – blown every time i'm like hey there i know that i know the academia is trying to point you in this one direction and i know that you're discouraged by it you don't have to go that way there's literally like yeah after high school you'll learn but when you're in middle school when you're in elementary school you don't think that's going to happen you think oh well i'm not going to go to college i'm too dumb okay you think you're dumb you're not actually dumb (laughs) But let me. You but need me, to find let something. Me what happens? Let me tell you a part of it that you may be missing. I don't know your ethnicity, but I'm gonna say this: it's sad, but sometimes what stops us from moving forward in the African American culture is our own African American family, our parents. Words I know. So when you tell I know, a kid and I, you silence a kid and you call the kid name and you, that's part of was what stopped people from moving forward. And then people start playing the victim. But how can you not play the victim when your own mama called you stupid or when your daddy told you you're not going to amount to anything? They start believing it and it hurts them because that's where it's coming from. So here you are yes, coming ma'am. in with these dreams and aspirations and telling them, that, and then they parents go tell you, you're not going to do this to my child because it's happened to them. You got okay, to and, and you know what? And that cycle. Yes, ma'am. And you know what actually stopped my funding? Because uh, I had a kid. He was really good. Oh, this kid was a champion carpenter. He was really good at that stuff. And he went home, and his mom told him that you should be, you know, you should be getting ready to work at the local uh, brewery to work in a factory. And I went to, and I actually went to her house, and I'm like, ma'am, uh, your kid is actually really skilled at mathematics. You should probably, and he knows how to use all these tools. He should probably be focusing on carpentry because he's actually really good at it. And uh, she called the school. Let me and share the something. School with called. You. Yes, ma'am. I'm gonna share something with you. In the school call, I understand what you're saying. Let me share something personal with you. Growing up, I was a straight A student. Always been smart, very articulate. When I saw that my books were stamped obsolete, I wanted to be an attorney. Can I be an attorney with a book stamped obsolete? So I left the Compton Unified School District and went to another school district and graduated. By the time I was in the twelfth grade, I only had to go to two classes because I had too many credits. But I didn't know what to do with my life. And my mother didn't help me, but I had a choice. Either work at a bakery, because my mother works at a bakery, or drive a school bus. I drove a school bus because I eat too much. And if I ate at a bakery, I probably would have got fired for eating cuckoos and zing zings, and I'm addicted to orange cupcakes, okay? <laughs> but that wasn't going to work for me. So I figured my safest bet was driving a school bus. But my mother would tell me, you should go work at a bank. I made more money driving a school bus than I did work with working at a bank. Now, I retired as a school bus driver and get a check for the rest of my life. 
for driving a school bus, educated myself, got a degree. And I remember the one thing my mother told me. She said, baby, and my mother was afraid for me. She said to me, you did things that I was scared to do. She said, I'm proud of you. But it took her almost 30 years to tell me that. But I wouldn't let her stop me because I remember telling my mother, even working at a bakery, Mom, why don't you get a supervision, a supervisor's position? She wanted to be a janitor. Why the hell? And to this day, I hate cleaning bathrooms. But why do you want to be a janitor when you have the ability to do something else? She was scared. Fear gets us in trouble. Yes, ma'am. And I want to talk about number seven. Staying in your comfort zone can stop individuals from moving forward. A lot oh, that, of that's, a, that's an actual killer. Oh, yes, it is. Because it's stable. It's a safe place to hang out. The comfort zone is a beautiful and safe place, but nothing ever grows there. So by nature, as human beings, change we're afraid of. And when you think of the, contempl- mm-hmm. the, the stages of change, the pre-contemplation, the contemplation, the taking action and then maintaining it, it goes back to what you were talking about, about being rich, being a million, being all this money and being rich. Anybody can become rich, but can you stay rich? Yeah. Yes. Something can can I interject there a little bit? Yes, you may. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, comfortability is actually uh, one of the worst things that uh, – that has befallen mankind in this uh, new age of uh, machinery running a lot of stuff and the age of information. Um, we are the most human, – human beings are the most adaptable creature. We can live pretty much anywhere, which means we have the ability to adapt to anything. Mm-hmm. And what we have now is comfortability. We are not supposed to be comfortable. <laughs> I'm telling you that right now. I, 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 I've seen this stuff. I've seen this stuff. I, I, you know – when I when I was in um when I was in Cameroon and I wanted to call back to my family uh to to make a phone call for Christmas, you know what mm-hmm. I had to do? I had to hand a guy a carton of cigarettes. I don't even smoke. <laughs> I had to hand mm-hmm. a guy a carton of cigarettes to let me use his Wi Fi to make a FaceTime call back to my family in the United States. This is I'm I'm just saying, this little stuff, it's nonsense. This is not, no. but now you know. Now we're we're obviously moving a lot more infrastructure over there. But I'm saying, when it comes to this, you cannot possibly understand the limitations that you actually have if you limit yourself before even trying. Mhm. Mhm. You have to step. You have to step out on faith. Another one, and this is the eighth one that they indicate: refusing to commit to personal growth. A lot of times individuals struggle with moving forward because they don't want to commit to personal growth. People are afraid to invest in themselves. Individuals are afraid of change or nobody's going to like them. If they don't like you, like you, like you, people, you know what my my grandmother said, you can't take likes to a bank. You know, even on Facebook, social media, they don't like me. They don't. No, you but you got to keep it pushing. Because the thing is, if you're not moving forward, you might be moving backwards. Oh, and that's uh, that's the worst way to be. But moving forward is a choice. You got moving to cho- make Yeah, moving easy. forward is always a choice. That's you it's know, and, choice. and I understand I understand the fear. I understand the fear. You know what's scary? Mm-hmm. Not knowing what's going to happen next. Mm-hmm. I understand that fear. That's terrifying. Not knowing what's going to happen know. next, but I can guarantee mm-hmm. you What's scarier is going back to what you just came from. <laughs> you, but you know what? Some individuals will say, well, at least I know what I'm dealing with. That's an excuse. Oh, that's the, the excuse. lesser of two evils. The evil you know mm-hmm. is better to tolerate than the evil you don't. Come on. <laughs> oh, man, you could you could be brilliant. You could be a brilliant person, and you don't even have to be brilliant. You have to be a hard yeah. worker. You would astonish people in so many industries that you don't even know. And I, I swear, and I was talking to these kids, and I'm, I'm like, man, you don't know what you are capable of yet. You don't know anything because you're kids. You could be yeah. capable of inventing something that makes a million people's lives, a billion people's lives better. You don't know that yet. You're mm-hmm. brand new into the world. You're still little kids. And, but yeah, obviously, my funny was shut up. Don't stop giving them hope. 
Don't stop investing in the youth. Oh, I don't have a choice. They need it. They really. I don't need have a choice. It. Those kids. Those kids are my goddamn life. <laughs> I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I want them to. I want them to learn. They don't have a choice in the mm-hmm. normal sphere, but mm-hmm. if you give them different arenas to act in, then they have a choice, and then they can create a path for themselves, and that's the entire thing. I, there's nothing else in this world that matters than building up your children. Correct. You know, I remember when I was um, in my um, education years ago, and I did my internship at Juvenile Hall. And I remember being interviewed, and one of the things that the clinical director asked me in regards to why would I want to do an internship in Juvenile Hall, at Juvenile Hall, and like I said, I grew up in Compton. So I know people from all walks of life, and it's about respect. But I said to him, I'll never forget, if I could reach any of these young adults or young teenagers now, that's one less adult in the criminal justice system. A lot of times individuals are not bad, they're angry, and they don't feel heard. So we Misguided. Yep, and they acted out. There were kids in there that I met that I was talking to them about becoming boxers or, you know, empowering them. And one time a, a therapist got mad at me and said that I had counter-transference issues because the kids would talk to me but wouldn't talk to nobody else because they felt comfortable with me. They it's almost like they understood like that you gave a crap about them. But there it is right there. There it is. <laughs> You don't even know me. It's almost it's, <laughs> it's almost like you wanted the best for them, even though you didn't know them. Weird. Despite, despite your situation, just because you're in juvenile hall now, you can. That's not a crime. That would be a crime committed as an adult. And if so, there's ways you can get things expunged. So let's get out of the system. Let's empower you. Let's do better so you won't wind up in an adult institution because some of those young felt that it was a rite of passage. I'll never forget. A, a young man told me his goal was to wind up at Pelican Bay. And why I don't know if why is that a goal? That was a goal because that's where he grew up at. That's what he saw growing up. To him, it was a rite of passage. And I'll never forget but, but, this. But, that, but, that, but that's the entire thing is Mm-hmm. We we all we all have we have all our perceptions of hell through our family and then we create our own. Hell mm-hmm. hell is the most un uh, no it's it's the most unviable. It's it's the worst possible experience you can have while you're living. Mm-hmm. And then you have the perception of hell after, but you mm-hmm. create hell and you create heaven here. Mm-hmm. You make good choices. You make good but choices. And I and I've t- and I've told those kids I'm telling mm-hmm. you, I told those kids, I was like, look, and I pointed to kids, like, where's your father? Oh, he's in prison. For what? Mm-hmm. Oh, he robbed a store, armed robbery. Oh, drug dealing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you want to live like that? Do you want to actually enjoy, you know, because he's not enjoying his life right now. He's locked up in a cage and that's very mm-hmm. sad, but you don't have to repeat the mistakes of your father yeah. and you yeah. are not going to be treated like your father, you're not going to have to answer for the sins of your father. You are out here right now. So can we do something better right now? Mm-hmm. And these kids, their their minds were just like, you should have seen wow. it. They were like, uh, wait, I don't have to repeat the mistakes? <laughs> I'm like, know. no. You... But, but again, it goes back to their mind, their parents, they being told, you're just like your father. You're just because people don't know no better. No such thing as a perfect parent. And parenting young adults is even more challenging because most parents, and I've done shows on that, but most parents parent the way they were parented. And it's not to beat them up and make them feel bad, but some always, when you know better, you do better. So when we started talking about it, we talked about some behaviors that hold people back. Um, Stop listening to your inner critics because sometimes individuals, you know, get stuck there. They also, people need to stop being too safe. No pain, no gain, meaning people want to play it safe. Don't do that. And doubting your own dreams. Right, here we go, here we go. I'm go- I, I, hold on. I, no, you just, said, you just said three things I have to respond to immediately. One, okay. you are going to be the harshest critic of your life. Nobody external yeah. from you is going to be meaner to you about your actions than you. You are going to if, – if you do something stupid and a cop locks you up and a judge tells you 10 years – 
that's external stuff, but you're going to have to sit there and actually contemplate your actions and wonder why you're there. And then uh-huh. that's when you grill you harder than anybody else could grill you. Two, <laughs> you have the ability at any given time, nothing is stopping you from doing this. You have the ability at any given time to go learn something today that you didn't know yesterday. Mm-hmm. When you build up your repertoire, when you build up your uh, skill set, I don't care if you read a book at a library. The libraries are free. We don't have a lot of them anymore because they keep getting shut down. <laughs> but uh-huh. most people listening to this are going to have the ability to walk into a library and read a book. Read a book. It's not that complicated. You actually can learn a lot for free all the time. Nobody is stopping you from doing that. And I hate that. I hate that excuse. Oh, well, I didn't know what I was supposed to do. I didn't know. You didn't know what you were supposed to do. Nobody knows what they're supposed to do. That's called being a human. We don't know what we're supposed to do. We all we have in front of us and that's available to us is information. So you uh-huh. have to absorb that. Mm-hmm. And three, mm-hmm. when you make a mistake, own up to it. Thank you. Thank you. And keep it pushing. Own your mistake and keep it pushing. It's interesting I want to speak on when you talked about um, reading and, all, and getting a book. I tell individuals, and I talked about this before, is I remember when I bought the comp- my company, I didn't know an LLC from an S-Corp to a C-Corp. I'm not a business person. I'm not – I don't even like balancing my checkbook. Oh, even I have two LLCs. Come on. Even 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 a schmuck like me can get two LLCs. Well, most so people do don't pay even, the even know what an LLC was. <laughs> but this is what I did. Uh, I had a black enterprise magazine, and I saw in the article that there was a guy by the name of Earl Graves, and he wrote a book entitled How to Succeed in Business Without Being Black. I mean, without being white. I read that book twice. What? So everything I experienced in business, all the no's that people told, I already knew. I was prepared. It's a book. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. No, there's a question. There's a question. Um, if white people also read that book and practiced the same principle, could they also succeed? Yes. Yes. Okay. And I'm no, that's all that, no, that's all that matters. It's is not about the color. It's not about the color of your skin. It's about the way you go be treated. So when you're being rejected, it's not about you. So it taught me that. So it taught me to not be angry or disappointed because these people didn't know me. It wasn't about me. So just like when you're talking about taking this to the inner city kids, it's not about you. They just don't want them kids to know that information. So how well, do you well, think hope, but the why, Yeah, the why, the why also counts. Okay, go on. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to interrupt. Go the, on. The, why, the, the way you can succeed is finding a different way of getting your message across to get the information to individuals so that they can see the benefit and not fear the benefit. They're the, afraid of the products that may come out of it. Well, I know. I know. Here, here. I can't hear you. Something just happened. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Can you hear me now? Oh, okay. What were you going to say? I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I'm Scotch-Irish, uh, Scotland <laughs> and Ireland. That is the majority of uh, my DNA. And uh, being mistreated for uh, the better part of a thousand years by the English had me in a direct institute like coming like especially in america you should have seen this stuff because when i was interacting with these kids they were listening wholeheartedly Mm -hmm. they wanted to understand how to succeed and i never mentioned anybody's skin color i said if you want Mm -hmm. to succeed this is how you do it Mm -hmm. and then and then we have all this other i mean Mm -hmm. i just i I hate that. I hate that. I hate that. The, I hate that there is a, an entire class. You keep it, it keeps shutting off. Kids. I can't hear you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, I hate that there's a separate class to explain to these kids that they can succeed if they actually focus on a field and work hard. Cut you. But see, but this is the scary part. This is what they don't understand. When I said the title of the book. It's the guy who wrote the book. That's the way he written it. You have a lot of 
undereducated Caucasians too. You have have nothing to do with the color of your skin. So it's not about a black or white thing because even when if we look at CNN and we look at individuals out here acting uh, uh, straight, just like, wow, they coming from all walks of life. So it really doesn't have nothing to do with the color of your skin. So you can't let the color of your skin hold you back. Another thing, if we're moving forward, is we have to stop holding on to resentment. If you're carrying baggage from your past, you won't have room for everything else that's in front of you. That is a whole issue. Is we hold on to resentment, and we need to learn I, how to. Well, when I, I, I start. Go. I started. I started what I was doing in Chicago, and uh, the majority of the kids ended up being black kids. They had a few Hispanic mm-hmm. kids and a handful of Asian kids. I could have mm-hmm. just as easily gone down to Little Rock, Arkansas, and done it for. Majority white kids and whatever, but I'm only going to be able to affect change in the area I'm from. I'm I'm from Champaign, Illinois. Mm-hmm. So I'm more than happy to go anywhere and talk to anybody about this, especially when it comes to children, because they literally – those kids, one of those kids in that classroom has a good opportunity to be a senator, a state representative, well, a governor, or a president. <laughs> but let me let – me- Give you and I know we're running out of time and I got to get ready for a therapy session, but I want to give you some tips too. Another targeted population that may be beneficial to what it is that you're talking about is they have it. It's called um, independent living skills. If you also yeah. only go into the school districts, but you can also target it, go through like social services and work with and start a, a nonprofit organization to teach kids in the foster care system skills because there's a high rate of high school dropouts. I would dropouts. love that. That's a whole, and it just popped into my spirit that I needed to share that with you. And it's called independent living skills. So where you're focusing on vocational skills, transitioning to independent living skills because these are skills that these so many young teenagers need in order to be able to be successful once they transition out of the foster care system. That could open up a whole. All right, yeah, okay. Hold, hold on. For for people listening, hold on. Hold on. For, for for people listening, I was focused on the schools, and she's talking about focusing on uh, the governmental institutions, which is also important. I didn't think about that before, and ma'am, I appreciate that. I might actually pursue that because that just oh, they cut my funding. But if I'm going directly, if I'm going directly to a government institution, that might be an entirely different dynamic. Yeah. You, who are you fussing at, teacher? What's at the door? Oh, yeah. So go into, because they have what's called independent living skills. And some of these kids need ILS skills in order to be trained in certain areas. And that's the way of getting your foot in the door. And that right there will open up the doors for a lot of different areas. And then you can take that into the criminal justice system and juvenile hall. And then you can start working with kids in the regular schools and then you can also get into the community college. Yeah, a lot of ways you can get some doors open. See, I, I don't like being someone, no. I'm a thinker. I'm a thinker. See, that's what makes me successful is because I try to find other ways to encourage and motivate individuals to do other things. Yeah, you make that choice. You hear no, and you're like, <laughs> you think so. <laughs> hey, I'm like, hey, y'all want me to lay me in that way? <laughs> no, nope, nope. All right, let me find a back door. <laughs> <laughs> Kick it in, kick it in. Don't tell me no. <laughs> but I definitely enjoyed the conversation with you as far as moving forward. Um, I love talking to you. If the listeners want to find you, how can they find you? Well, I removed everything from social media. I've been to uh, the majority of continents outside of Antarctica because I'm pretty sure surviving there wouldn't work out there. Um, but no, I, I've been around the world. I, I don't, I don't really like to have a huge, uh, media presence because mm-hmm. the stuff I do is supposed to be local. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if you're in Chicago and you happen to see a, uh, I don't know, some kind of organization trying to help kids find a different path, or if you're out in Philadelphia and you find kids trying, you know, it's all about the organizations. I, I'm not, I'm not a very special individual particularly, but yeah, I I'm not a spokesperson for anything, but I just uh yeah, I want people to donate and uh spend time trying to make sure that our next generation is better than our last one, which is me. 
Hey, I might need to bring you to Compton and take you to Oceanside. So San Diego County. Oh, I would love that. I would love to have conversations with people in Compton. Oh, that would be beautiful. Well, you know what? I'll see what I can do because, um, you know, we got a lot of stuff going on. The mayor is supposed to be trying to open up a lot of different things. We need to get some. You know what? I know a guy named um, Luther Keith, and he's part of the gang intervention. He got a lot of connections in Compton, Los Angeles, and Watt. So I might have to have you talk oh. to him. So I, oh, I would will, love to talk. I, yeah, I've, had, I've, I've talked I'm through a lot of conversations to... with uh, BDs and uh, BPSN and, yeah, a bunch of crazy stuff in Chicago. Yeah, no, and I, and I was like, hey, you know what? it's, I'm gonna, uh, it I'm sounds fun. I'm going to text him. So if you get a call from Luther Keith, I'm going to share your information or your, your phone number. He knows because he feeds the homeless. He do a lot of stuff in Compton City and uh, Compton, um, Los Angeles, and Watts. So he knows the That's ins and so outs of stuff like that. So I need to get you connected to him. Okay? Yes, ma'am. I appreciate that. Yeah, no, that would be great. I will do that. I'm telling you, I've, I've, seen, I've seen the homeless. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just, I was just going to say, I saw, I saw the homeless stuff in Chicago, and uh, I've actually offered uh, people to sleep on my couch on occasion. And I only stopped after they started stealing stuff, and then I confronted them literally uh, a day later wearing the stuff that they stole. And I was like, hey, buddy, come on. Yeah, man, I was offering you heat. I gave you a meal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but no, you gotta no, I'm more than I'm, you gotta remember though. I'm more than hurt people will hurt people, and they do what they gotta do to survive. So yes, ma'am, absolutely. You know, but I will definitely I have your number. My name is Jeanette Abney. I will definitely keep in connect contact with you. I'm gonna send your information, your number to Luther Keith, and um, I need to get in touch with both of you guys because he may be able to get you connected to at least start something in Compton. I gotta find out okay, who will be no, my person in San Diego County, but I know at least I can get somebody in Compton. No, I'm, okay? very, I'm very interested in that because yeah, no, I want to help these kids. That's all it is for me. Gotcha. Sounds good. Sounds good. Okay, thank you for joining us here at Precious for the Kids Blog Talk Radio. And remember, don't stay backwards. Don't go get stuck. If you need to move forward, motivate yourself, encourage yourself. Remember, therapy can help. Life coaching can help. But if nobody can change your situation but you, no one can push you forward better than you can. Help is available, and there are some people out there who cares. Again, thank you for listening here at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. Until next week, remember you got this. Now, tomorrow's show, because I'm also live on Tuesday, one of the things that Reverend Michael Johnson said is we can be he, he put it, and I'm trying to think of the way he put it, how we could be um, heavenly heavenly something, but but earth, no earthly good. So we're going to be talking about that. Heavenly found, but no earthly good. Meaning you so trying to get to heaven, you ain't doing nothing here on earth. So we're going to talk about that tomorrow at Precious Predicaments, Blog Talk Radio. Until then, remember, you got this. Bye-bye. We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News & World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.